Hello and welcome to the AMBOSS podcast, Beyond the Textbook. Every two weeks, experts from AMBOSS, the medical education platform, interview medical students and healthcare professionals to showcase international perspectives on everything in medical school and beyond the textbook. Hello and welcome to the AMBOSS podcast, Beyond the Textbook. I'm your host, AMBOSS Partnerships Manager, Dr. Tanner Schrank. Joining me today is my fellow AMBOSS Partnership Manager, Dr. Suad Shabanovich. Today, we'll take a closer look at the healthcare system and medical education in Montenegro specifically to see how they could be improved and what we can learn from them. So, Suad, welcome to the show and thank you so much for being here. Thank you very much for inviting me. So, you are from Montenegro. Yeah. Small Balkan country on the Adriatic Sea, very beautiful country, and you went to school in Podgorica, which is the capital of Montenegro. Yeah, exactly. And you graduated in 2018, and while studying there, you were involved with the IFMSA, the International Federation of Medical Students Associations, and then since graduating, you worked at Hoffman La Roche, biotech company, and then in the clinic in emergency medicine, primary care, and now you're at AMBOSS. Yeah, right. So let's start with your schooling. Looking back at your time in medical school, what do you say is the greatest challenge that you faced going to medical school in Pogdorica? Well, for me, the greatest challenge was that the days did not have enough hours sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and not only for studying. I was a member of scientific body on our medical faculty in Podgorica. I was active in IFMSA, which is the biggest student organization in the world, and hosted as a president of organizing committee the IFMSA General Assembly March meeting 2017 in Budva in Montenegro. I also was training judo, and I became a national referee at the time. Sounds like you're very, very busy. So this huge student society, the IFMSA, they have general assemblies in different countries. You must have talked with students and faculty at different medical schools. Yeah, that's correct. Did you notice any major differences between the medical schools in Montenegro versus internationally in different countries? Yeah, like in Montenegro, we have only one med school. When I compare my faculty in Podgorica with the European Union countries' medical faculties, I would say that our education is not enough oriented or not enough prioritizing public health group of subjects. Students from EU countries, they were more focused on public health, on climate changes and problems like that. Meanwhile, our medical faculty is more oriented on clinics. And the good thing and advantage of medical faculty in Podgorica compared to others were that we were a small faculty with only 35 students per class. Wow. So that allowed us, when we are going to practice, you know, in hospital, in smaller groups, to be four or five students in group. Mm -hmm. That allowed us actually to learn more quality during those rotations. Wow. Yeah, that is an interesting advantage you had. Yeah. Being such a small school, you get more one-on-one -on -one time with professors as well. Exactly. And Montenegro has only like 600,000 population. So the possibility for you as a student to see some one in 10 million case yeah. is not big. Right. But on the other hand, those medical conditions or disease that are common, you will be able to learn about them very well. Yeah, that's a good point. So looking at the healthcare system in general, according to the 
European Observatory on Health Systems and Policies, Montenegro made a major switch in 2022. They shifted completely to tax-funded health insurance. So this system that was in place had a significant portion of the public paying for health care out of pocket. And now they've gone completely to tax-funded health care. Have you noticed any of these changes firsthand when you're working in the clinic? From the patient point of view, everything stayed the same. Mm. We always had the free access to public healthcare institutions. Mm -hmm. The only difference is that before 2022, if you were working, your gross salary would have healthcare insurance, and that was around 7%. So everyone who is working would pay the same percentage. And from January last year, one of the steps was to remove healthcare insurance tax from workers. So the workers don't have those minus 7% insurance tax mm -hmm. from gross salaries and switch to full funding by the government. Okay. The problem with this central funding of healthcare system is that you need to be very rich as a country. Yeah. So if I would offer to you to choose one of those two, like, cheap and slow or expensive and fast, yeah. I think we choose like cheap yeah. and slow yeah. healthcare system. But just for this year, healthcare budget was in deficit for 60 million, which is like 20%. <laughs> wow. So that means 60 million that they weren't spending on other things like improving the medical school, building new hospitals. Yeah, exactly. That's a pretty major shift then. Yeah. So do you think that this sort of change could be done anywhere else, maybe in the U.S. or a different country that does have the money to dedicate to paying for everyone's health care? Well, uh, thank you very much, Tanner, for comparing Montenegro to U.S., <laughs> but I am afraid that we cannot compare Montenegro and U.S. in any field, and especially in healthcare, because of culture and then financial organization of the country and so on. Mm -hmm. But Montenegro is spending only 6% of national gross domestic product to healthcare system. Mm. And for example, Germany, two years ago, they were spending almost 13%. Wow. Over twice as much. Exactly. And EU average is like 9.5%. We have actually increased healthcare cost compared to last year by 20%, mm -hmm. which is understandable since no country can actually decrease healthcare expenditure. Right. So it's free, but you have to wait, for example, to see cardiologists nine months. Right. And what you do, you will pay to see cardiologists in private clinic. And from that moment, healthcare is not free to you as a patient. Right. Just to conclude, like Slovenia dropped this central funding system that is currently in Montenegro after just two years since they could not pay it anymore. Wow. On the other hand, patients in Montenegro have access to innovative treatments and drugs that would not be able to pay out of pocket since one dose, for example, for immunotherapy can cost up to 5,000 euros and you need to receive them every two weeks. Right. Yeah, I guess there's always going to be advantages and disadvantages, and I hope that it works out better than in Slovenia and they continue doing it. But yeah, it's hard to compare across different cultures as well. I guess it comes down to what you're prioritizing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, since 2010, the number of doctors in Montenegro has increased. So that's a good thing. But the number of doctors is still below the average across Europe. Have you seen this shortage of doctors in the clinic? Oh. 
this increase in doctors. Yeah. Medical faculty in Podgorica was founded in 1997. Okay. So there were like second or third generation that comes up from the faculty. So that increased the number. Oh, wow. I have a data from mm-hmm. Montenegrin Doctors Union that actually around 10% of doctors left country or left the public healthcare system to work in private sector in the last five years. And how do we deal with that? Yeah. Well, one example from my friend who is a surgeon, he had 127 night shifts last year. My goodness. So meaning that he actually was working every third night. Yeah. And then he would continue to work regularly, uh, like regular shift from 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. to 3 p.m. When you calculate, it is really crazy to have doctors working every week at least twice in 36 plus hours shift. But that is the only way to organize work for some clinics. Yeah. The healthcare system in Montenegro is very centralized. Like we have the biggest hospital clinical center in Montenegro where you can find the most like specialist or subspecialist mm-hmm. for certain areas. But then you have, on the other hand, on north, where hospitals are really struggling to gain even just like general practitioners mm-hmm. or primary care, care physicians. So it is not so good balanced. Yeah. And you always feel this lack of physicians on your own shoulders mm-hmm. because you have to work for someone. Yeah. And that solution of having the same doctors work those hours, that doesn't sound like the healthiest one to me. Yeah, exactly. But that is actually the only solution. True. Even salaries in Montenegro were increased for healthcare professionals Mm -hmm. a lot, like more than 100%. Wow. But it is not still enough to keep doctors stay. Yeah. What can they do, really? You know, that's hard. Yeah, exactly. Now, I don't want to point out all its flaws or anything. Can you think of any other aspects of the healthcare system in Montenegro that makes it unique? Well, I also, I would love to say that everything is good, but <laughs> I think a lot of countries actually have the similar problems. Yeah. And only talking about problems and offering solutions will bring something useful. There are a lot of good things, even if they are just on the paper good things. For example, organization of primary healthcare system here in Montenegro. Everyone has its own family doctor. Mm-hmm. So this actually allows your doctor to monitor you and to be familiar with your condition, especially with the chronic disease patient. On the other hand, lack of diagnostic procedures and treatment limitations are forcing your primary care doctors to refer you to specialists. And then you're getting appointments for six or nine months for some of the specialties. For some of them, you can be called very quickly, but in case you are not urgent patient, but anyway needs to see a cardiologist, it can take some time before you actually see one. Right. And prevention is not very well organized. Right. So we have actually national plans and strategies on prevention, but we need to do more in educating not only patients, but the wider population. Mm -hmm. And if we could educate like population so they can understand, they can encourage someone who is suffering from multiple sclerosis to go to hospital to receive the treatment. Those patients would not only feel better, but they would have better quality of life. They would be more productive. And that is the hidden benefit. Well, 
That's a really good point. I think health literacy and educating the public, that's going to go a really long way in improving the healthcare system. I think that's a really good start. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And I would say, like, we need first to understand the culture of the people. Mm-hmm. And then some cultures, it is enough to suggest something, right? Mm-hmm. And that would be, like, accepted. Right. In some countries, it is impossible to affect behavior or habit if you not forbid it. So that is the question of well, how to react, but you need to know what you want to achieve and who is your target group. Right. That's a very good point. So moving on to your experience outside of the clinic, what has sort of surprised you comparing your experience in the corporate world and in the clinic? Well, I was thinking when I was first, I was working for Hofmalaros, and then I was thinking that I could actually improve the healthcare system working from the inside. But then with all administrative procedures or lack of procedures, it was actually impossible to change anything. And this is why actually we need to understand that change needs to come from policymakers, from governments, from ministries in many countries. And in corporate world, companies are investing in you because they are aware you will be more productive for the company. Mm-hmm. And working in the public healthcare system usually is not the case. You need to invest in yourself. Right. But then I also work in private polyclinic. And then you can see that they're organizing everything to be easy for the patient. When I was working in public healthcare system, mm-hmm. the patient would come to see me. And if you have some sore throat, I need to refer you to lab. But laboratory is working only from 7 in the morning until 9. So you go tomorrow. Right. And then next day... You take results and come back to me. Right. And then after three days, (laughs) I can read your lab results and to give you proper therapy. But in the private healthcare system, if you are coming on appointment and I suggest you, okay, so I see like we need to do lab tests and patient agrees, then I would call like a nurse and she would take the blood and send to lab. And until we finish our conversation, I would have lab results. So with physical examination, with lab results, I can be more confident in my diagnosis and prescribe the best possible therapy. Mm -hmm. So that is different. You will finish everything in half an hour because you're oriented on patients or your patient will have to come to visit you twice or three. Three days later. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. Something to keep in mind. So the last question that I always ask our guests is, if you could give our listeners any advice beyond the textbook, what would you say? Beyond the textbook, I would say try not to compare yourself to others. Try and explore other fields during your studies Mm -hmm. and be happy about what you are capable of. Plan what works for you and gives you confidence in what are you learning and put your efforts where it works for you and i would say like don't listen how other people think your career should look and the most important is always invest in education wow very good advice very wide ranging thanks for that suad thank you so much for joining us and for sharing your experiences i think it's going to help a lot of our listeners thank you for inviting me it was my pleasure
And to all of our listeners, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the AMBOSS podcast. Today, we looked at the medical education and healthcare systems in Montenegro, comparing them to the rest of Europe and the world, keeping in mind that we shouldn't always compare ourselves to others. The links in the description can give you a more in-depth understanding of these concepts. If you like this episode, please give us a rating wherever you listen to podcasts. You can check out the AMBOSS platform for your medical studies and sign up for a free five-day trial at amboss.com.